So as the title suggests, I think it's uh, Parenting in the New Age. So as the title suggests, uh, we are moving into a new age. So it's a time of transition that we are experiencing as a human race. Not only our software is being upgraded and the earth consciousness being recalibrated, but even the hardware is changing. As last time we were mentioning that even the human body is changing in such a way that the purely feminine and the purely masculine, these distinctions are beginning to blur out. And uh, in, in many ways it's a time of upheaval and also a time of confusion. One thing is sure that the old methods and the old measures do not work and the sooner we understand it, the better it is. They just don't work. They have just fallen apart because it's a completely new thing, unprecedented, unexpected. And I can tell you with all responsibility that with all the readings that I have done both in uh, ancient thought and modern psychology, it is what is happening is really an unprecedented change. I read a book on psychology, very um, on child upbringing, among the many books. And uh, the only remarkable thing about this book was, in the preface, the author writes, "We thought we knew everything about a child till we had our own." And so true because. Uh, uh, you know, what we are leaving behind is the age of reason and analysis and what we are entering into is an age of intuition. So as a result, on one side we see an intense activity of the rational analytical mind. It's like a last ditch effort. And this mind, what it is doing is it's deconstructing, breaking down everything of the past. It has its role to play. But... The forces of new creation, the construction, they are still, they are, they are working. But they are working behind the scene, awakening of intuition. It still, it's happening quite rapidly, at least what I have observed, I am pretty amazed at the pace of the change. But one thing is clear, that the old methods and the old measures do not hold good. And I won't be surprised if in times to come, we find that uh, parents and schooling becomes redundant. I don't know how when it will happen, but it's happening very fast. I mean, we'll have, of course, probably human beings need an institutional framework, so they <laughs> always like it. At the same time, um, what we need to understand is that because these children are very, very different, almost exponentially, the mind wants things to be perfect. You know, it's a tendency of the mind. It's an age of perfection. So, uh, need for just the right way to do it. You know, this is one of the big challenges that I find difficult to address because every parent, every teacher wants, um, you know, they want just everything right. The problem is if you want everything right, you are likely to go everything wrong. A strange situation. Because what we call as right from our limited mental perspective may just be the ferment which will give birth to something very different than what we expected. And what we call as wrong may just be feeding in the seeds of a new creation which are going to emerge from it. 
So the lesser we have of all these frameworks through which we operate and navigate in life, the better it is for the intuitive sense to emerge. And I'm saying this because, you know, the moment we have anything, whether it's yoga or, uh, or life or parenting or man-woman relationship, we always want how, how to do it. How do I do the yoga? How do I practice? How do I begin? But when mother was asked, how do I do yoga? Tell us something about yoga. She, she asked a counter question. And I think that gives us the key. Why do you want to do yoga? So I would say the similar question every parent and teacher should raise, parent particularly, that why do I want a child? Is it really necessary? Like last time. Why do I really want to get married? Is it really necessary to get married? Strange question. No? Sound, oh, this is understood. But why? Is it because the law is, requires it? Because the society wants us to do it? Or is it uh, some deep truth within our nature which must express itself in the form of marriage? In which case the question will be whether marriage is just an institution or something very different. And the moment we give an answer to it, we will find the answers to many other aspects solved. Like a simple thing, as I said, about marriage. And they are intertwined. So when I ask this question, why, why do you want the marriage? You know, why do you want to get married? So strange questions come. Sometimes people wonder why this question is important at all. And then some people come up with a very beautiful question, uh, answer that marriage is ultimately is about love. Isn't it? So if there is love, do you need marriage? What if there is marriage but there is no love? Now you know it's a strange. We are going to face these dilemmas in coming age. More and more, because these children are not going to be confined to the uh, frameworks of our, uh, you know, set patterns. Similarly about a child, if I ask this question, why does one want a child at all? Now, right parenting, what is to be done, how it is to be done comes much later. But the first question is, why have a child at all? Any answers? See, most of the time we will see just an unconscious movement of nature. We are programmed like that. Like, you know, when we were growing up, oh, you are grown up, you have to do a job. Maybe tomorrow children will say, why do I need to do a job? All these questions will come up. Why should men only earn? Maybe men can sit at home and um, cook and uh, clear up the things and women can earn. Is there anything wrong about it? Nothing wrong about it. Just a mindset, a kind of conditioning. And things are changing in that direction. Similarly, we are told, yeah, you got to, you know, marriage is uh, a natural thing, job and uh, having children, it's, it's, yeah, it's natural. Why, why do you want to ask? Why do you want the child? We'll see that behind this impulse, what really is working and operating is an old game plan of nature. What nature wants? He wants to perpetuate a kind of cycle in which human beings are being moved. This is the old game plan. So marriage, then children, means a lot of energies are invested in a certain direction and very little is left for the upward progress. It's, it's a fact, you know, whether we like it or not, having a child is a huge, huge responsibility. It's a huge 
in terms of i don't know some people speak about two children and three children how they really manage it <laughs> unimaginable especially today's children they need lot of time lot of attention they are not like you know i don't know how korvas there are 100 children no wonder they were all spoiled you know how do you manage 100 children <laughs> you don't need to invoke any deeper cause because they need time and attention and and enormously they absorbed energy they absorb energy okay what do we get in return we get some joy and in old age security this is an absurd kind of uh, thing especially in today's time because uh, any in any case security never comes from outside it comes from within if we feel uh, there are people who feel insecure even with their children all around them i know parents who uh, even when you know children are past 60 they are insecure about themselves as well as for the child so the child goes out and they say no no you must come and tell me wake me up that i have come back from the ashram actually i am telling you i have seen such parents it's surprising that's how it is it's an old ploy of nature where all our attention goes into the uh, the future now this future should be ideally the future which is emerging within us but this future gets transferred on to the child what does it mean whatever we i conceived the future that gets extended into the child very unconsciously if i saw my future as an you know um ambitious a rich man or a bureaucrat sitting out there then whether i like it or not my child will just will extend it not only through genes but there are so many ways and then from beginning we want everything to be right oh let's you know right from conception and beautiful thoughts and beautiful thing yes but the seed that has gone inside that's not a right seed or rather it's the seed of the old creation i won't use the word right or old wrong there is a seed of the old creation and most often unwittingly we pass on that seed to the child our own unconscious impulses desires ambitions shadows difficulties challenges which we couldn't and we want the child to overcome them face them and eventually reach out there and very often we'll see parents are very happy when children are so called successful and reach a spot in their life isn't it isn't it isn't it the old game happening all the time and what is that right spot at the end of it <laughs> and if we come to look at it through all this drama play energy and everything we want just that little bit of pleasure that my child is you know doing this job in uh, god knows uh, america or venezuela or uh, new guinea or wherever you know it doesn't matter is that the end of the journey no certainly not so the first important thing is what we are within that we extend into the world this is the fundamental truth so right parenting so called right parenting conscious parenting begins by not even conception but by becoming conscious of ourselves if i see my future as someone evolving and growing into a beautiful human being i'm sure it'll just just pass on to the child we don't have to do things we have to be and that's the important aspect of all uh, you know spiritual transmission spiritual transmission doesn't take place by doing very often people say 
दैट गुरुजी ने मंत्र दिया गुरुजी ने ये मेथड बताया नो स्पिरिचुअल ट्रांसमिशन इज व्हाट यू आर एक्सटेंड्स हाउ डिड शुरबिंदो अवेकन पीपल आउटवर्डली नथिंग and yet inwardly because what he is it's just radiating all around so the emphasis should be on changing ourselves so whether we want a social change outside larger context or we want to uh, bring about a new species if you know a new child or we want them to grow into beautiful beings whatever our conception is then we must change within that's the first step second is when we talk about you know we all want our children to be good isn't it and it'll be very nice if we can have a little opinion poll on what is meant by good let me ask a very simple question obedient children good or not so good ah youngsters have the right answer <laughs> ah that's the catch if children do according to what we think then we think they are good what if we are outdated we don't question ourselves what if all our ideas didn't hold the test of truth so now because nature is entered into a new mode of evolution it does not want to create clones and carbon copies it's meaningless it's absurd which means children will begin to break out from parents and relatives thank god they are relatives not absolute huh don't make them absolute they are the most relative things in life this is a big baggage we carry at least as indians i must tell you i love india and i am deeply indian in my soul but this baggage of relatives मामा चाचा बुआ ताऊ उसका शादी उसका ब्याह यू नो इट्स वॉट इज दिस काइंड ऑफ स्टाफ गोइंग इट्स ए डिफरेंट दिस ए बैगेज लेट्स अंडरस्टैंड यू नो दैट वी आर कैरिंग दिस बैगेज एंड चिल्ड्रेन डोंट वॉन्ट टू बी दैट दे विल नॉट बी दैट बिकॉज इट्स ए न्यू न्यू मैकेनिज्म सो द मोर वी ट्राई टू डू इट बिकॉज नेचर इज नाउ इन ए न्यू मोड वॉट इट विल डू इन चिल्ड्रेन क्रिएट रिवोल्ट simply because they don't want nature doesn't want not even in their control nature doesn't want now to repeat the past as simple as that so you have to allow them to grow into the future now when we think about the future as i said we start once again falling back into the past very unfortunate that man always try to understand the unknown on the basis of the known and it it takes number of hammers to understand that unknown is really unknown and that's the joy and beauty of it there's a wonder of it so when we think in terms of let's say divine we say what is known to us highest human beings so we project divine would be like that you know he is very loving very kind so when first time the divine revealed himself on the battlefield of kurukshetra uh, Arjuna was shaken you are god <laughs> i never imagine god can be destroying this whole earth he could be so what if destruction suits his purpose better he could fail if failure is the passage towards a victory so we have to really widen our mind beyond the last limits last horizons of thoughts and this widening is not easy 
it can only come about if we start living in large spaces of time large spaces of time what it means is that our one brief life span is only just a moment in eternity through which a soul is navigating through cosmic space and all of us are doing that and in that life what it will go through what it will not go through it just is scaffolding for the next step i was just reading today um one of the letters of shirbindo today or yesterday sometime where shirbindo says that no the mother says she says many times uh, at least there is one life or a few lives when human beings have to go through the experience of failure because it's necessary for evolution <laughs> you know we god uh, god knows if you know one's own child has to go through it how much parents suffer isn't it why is my child failing in everything failing in relationship failing in school failing in everywhere why is happening to my child now make it on a large span of time that is on his journey and in this life he has to go through this phase so what is my role each of us has got a role to play surely the divine thinks i am strong enough to help him through this process that's what our role is which means we have to be very wide we often add to the problem you know why are you failing you are not putting enough effort you are not doing this you are not doing that and because we have preconceived ideas about life we cannot really find the true solutions tara this beautiful example she was not interested in studies so there were a lot of complaints and when mother was asked uh, mother called the called taradi and asked her she said i am not interested in studies as simple as that so what are you interested in photography all right don't go to school take up photography now this is called uh, literally uh, out of the box <laughs> solutions and she started photography she is a very good photographer by the way i am talking of taradin shobindo ashram delhi and look here who would ever tell her that you know she is not any less educated than anyone and you know gone all over the world she can mix and with anyone been to uh, president's uh, ceremony and all this because what is important is that the truth within must manifest and this truth within is that child's unique truth not my truth or your truth or anybody's truth so we should not try to do that to forcibly make the child mold into what we imagine or expect or wish or had ever wanted us ourselves to be no so it requires a tremendous widening of the mental space and other spaces to understand and accept that each child is on his own unique journey and we are here to facilitate this journey to grow towards the future that's our role we are facilitators not deciders not uh, not even initiators not even somebody who must see that the child reaches this goal because the goal is not just one life spans stretches through great spaces of time so it's very important to live in large wideness and children demand it they will compel it another thing which we see happening today is uh, because of um, you know earlier especially in india this transition is very difficult because um, asia by and large lived with the sense of collective 
whereas the western sphere was largely an individualistic oriented life and i'm not going into the merits and demerits of it but for the moment let us understand and accept that we are entering an age of individuality and subjectivity so each child this shobhinda speaks about it and he speaks about its dangers and yet the inevitability through which mankind has to go through so age of individuality means each child now wants his own individual space now this is manifesting in terms of i want my room i want to you know close my room i want my own space and don't don't see my diary it's my corner if nothing else even in a small space so children need that space and they need freedom because there can be no true growth without freedom if there is no freedom it is like you know creating an artificial garden once when a disciple asked mother that mother uh, you know locusts they destroy the garden and mother said you know this is a very small kind of thinking and then she said what if you you know sometimes when you leave things in the wild there is another kind of order which expresses itself is it so said yes and then he started giving examples see then she gives example of her own experience in paris that when she there used to be a wild place which was not kept uh, trimmed nobody was looking after it it is after few years automatically it shaped into a beautiful uh, place but which is very different from how human beings will create a garden because we want things to be symmetrical we want this to be here that to be there but there is something which helps us even when we are not conscious of it when we are not wanting it and there is there is a proof uh, of all this that you know um, nowadays we want everything very conscious parenting so we read books we want to do it in in a very you know this way that way we read 10 books and the more books we read the more confused we become isn't it uh, but uh, many children you will see who grew up in a certain age without much of these thoughts <laughs> so and they just grew up some of them grew up into very beautiful children it's also a fact how were they shaped what really helped because there is a guidance in life which we forget so while we must play our role as a parent we should never overdo anything overplaying our role over identification with our role this is a very fine balance that we have to act at the same time we should not overact overreact and start you know shaping everything allow space for nature which is in a new mode it's operating for example children nowadays they go through many experiences which sometimes for parents can be very troublesome how is it possible especially you know girls so parents especially in indian setting still are very afraid you know ki uh, she is moving around now with that boy what's going to happen she'll get married this that or something may happen we should understand that there is a guidance in life which is carrying this lack of trust in this divine guidance in life is a source of lot of problems and issues sometimes perhaps it's best when we cannot see anything to simply pray and offer whatever is happening in a child's life or our own life to the divine and say that look you know i do not know about it but i am sure you know about it you can guide much better 
and then you will see that the child is emerging out of everything and shaping itself as a very beautiful uh, being in the future there is a very nice line in savitri when nothing we can see but drift and bail a mighty guidance leads us still through all and i can ask this question to all of us we are here today have we not each committed our own faced our own challenges difficulties made mistakes etc etc and yet through all this we have grown up something within us has grown grown and brought us here it's not an ordinary thing it has happened and somehow it has happened how it has happened so if you see there is a guidance in life which carries us and it's important to tune ourselves to that guidance both inwardly and outwardly outwardly it's to every time we don't understand and many time we won't understand as i said to keep on offering let the divine guide and i can tell you it's it's wonderful and whatever i am saying is based on lot of experience dealing with many children so it's not just some ideas that i am sharing inwardly to keep tuning ourselves that i am not able to understand and then we will see a new understanding will emerge within us and shurabindo how beautifully puts it what is this new understanding there children who belong to the past there are children who belong to the future and they naturally revolt against their environment and we have to allow this space mother's own granddaughter was telling me purnadi that uh, you know when she came to mother everybody had given up on her the teachers the parents everyone so she came and said uh, you know she met the mother and mother smiled with all her love which she poured on everyone and then purnadi told her that uh, you don't know me i am a very revolted kind of child i am really bad child not not she said no 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 nothing like that actually nobody understands you you are a very fine child <laughs> stay on just stay and she stayed on and you know eventually lived here wonderful person so uh, let's open more and more to this inner guidance this inner intuition rather than all our mental conceptions then we have to also understand that there is a pace through which children evolve when they reproduce the evolutionary spaces our problem is when we uh, reach a point we think uh, that's it and we want everybody to suddenly catch up and reach that point we do it with our own nature also and it's not a healthy thing let's say that the soul within us is you know aspiring for something very beautiful and we are on that point then we want and even the higher mind is responding now we want suddenly that every other part should catch up with it it doesn't catch up and mother gives a very beautiful example it's like when parents go far and children are left behind they have to get back because children have their own pace and they have to evolve through that you know sometimes we can make such silly mistake which can create so much you know trouble in life i know of a pair of of a uh, lady who adopted an indian child and you know previously there was this idea that in india children are all anath and you know we must come and adopt so so this lady had come and adopted an indian child she had come from italy and very enthusiastic about indian culture and indian things she said no no i'll not send my child anywhere i'll teach the child myself everything and which basically it will be only about indian thought 
So she started with Mahabharata and Ramayana and nothing else. The child was not exposed to anything else. She would not allow the child to go out because you know the child would probably vibrations are bad and the world is bad out there. And she had a schizophrenic breakdown. It's a very sad thing. Because everything is needed for our growth. We don't understand. There are parts which have to emerge and come into the play. And if you don't allow them their own play, their, their own pace, their own course of evolution, then you are actually creating a disbalance inside. Dislocation. We are not just a soul. We are an embodied being. Totality. And through that, people grow. It's like, you know, some people um, in olden times, it used to happen. For example, falling in love. Parents used to be very worried when, you know, young children fall in love. Now, you know, they, they then want suddenly that the child should be married. Now, imagine a child is married but doesn't know what is love. It's a dangerous situation. <laughs> so, child will go through few experiences, eventually learn what really love is about. But if you don't allow this energy to ever come out, then what happens? It's never been trained. This part has never been trained. And nature doesn't train by theory. It trains by practice. It doesn't give you a lesson and say, look, you know, this is what true love is. Very often parents will start this lecture, you know. No, no, you don't know what true love is. This is all, uh, what is it called? Some Infatuation, correct. Are infatuation is, that's how they start. Then next they understand romance, then they understand companionship, then they understand, oh, there is something greater. It's an evolutionary journey. And we cannot, uh, you know, and if we are very scared, then we, it's like, our idea of perfection is the perfection of a paralyzed child. So a paralyzed child never falls. The only person who will never fall in life is a paralyzed child. It's a pity. But a paralyzed child will never learn to walk. He'll never climb Mount Everest, even if he wishes to. So that's not what perfection is about. Perfection is not a linear growth. It's a whole totality. And that's what we have to understand. That there are different parts with their each they need. That's why in this yoga, Shobindo shows so much patience. When somebody was asked, uh, Shobindo was asked, Why do you give such a long rope to all your disciples? He said, long rope is necessary because superman cannot be created otherwise. <laughs> what is this long rope? Try out, experiment. Not that you should consciously, but this is an age when children are bound to experiment many things because they must gather many types of experiences and then they will integrate and grow. Everything is a feeder. Every aspect in us has something divine within it and it's being brought out today through the experiences of life. So then what is our role in it? Our role is one to support them through the process. See, what does a gardener do? Gardener watches over the plant. Watch over the plant. Seed is there. You need to put water. What is the water? Love. Mother has said all that is needed is an atmosphere of love and peace. It's a big challenge. What I have seen is that in, in real life, people know all the theories. But because their life is based on ego, what takes place within the house is two persons put together, they begin to Quarrel. Very unfortunate. Mother says, you know, it's strange people quarrel. And we would say, Mother, it's strange that you think people shouldn't quarrel. 
the quarrel. Now nobody teaches in conscious parenting how not to quarrel. And yet quarrel is affecting the child. Even if you don't say, of course it's understood that please don't share your uh, issues with your spouse, with the child. It's understood. Now all this need not be told. But then even if you don't do that, your moods, your consciousness, your vibration, all the time you are carrying, they are getting transmitted into the child. And that's the reason why mother said that, you know, she was never in favor of letting the child be handled by workers. It's there. So now people don't understand the truth behind it. But what is our consciousness? Is it something very special and very beautiful? If yes, fine. If not, we need to work upon those parts. So, Basically, constantly one has to work upon ourselves. It's not like now I have a child, I need to work upon the child. The, I, it, you know, this idea of a finishing line is absurd because it leads to lack of growth. Any, anywhere, you know, okay, now I have a degree, I am a doctor. Now I have a, you know, MBA, now I am a management consultant. No. To remain a child full of wonder, constantly grow, constantly progress. So it's very important to work upon oneself because whatever we are, that's going into the child. So an atmosphere of love and peace. And if only this can be provided. The mother says, a few drops, she doesn't even say atmosphere. Few drops of true love, if we can pass on to the child. And an atmosphere of peace. It's not easy. Let me tell you, even here with teachers being living for so many decades with all the, you know, grace. I have seen teachers losing their cool, almost telling, shouting sometimes, you know, that no, you can't, this child, we can't do anything. But that's not what is required. So uh, I take this example and our, you know, where do I draw the example for ideal parenting from? I take this ancient Indian sloka as uh, my example. And here I was just reading Stameva Mata Chapita Tameva. But also we have another one. Maybe it may have been taught. Tameva Matra Devo Bhava, Pitra Devo Bhava, Guru Devo Bhava, Deva Devo Bhava. So normally it was old world, it was interpreted as Mother is your God. Don't you know? You must worship her as God. Poor mother. You know, she has to fit into God's shoes. <laughs> Too big for anybody's size. Father is your God. Listen to your father. Do as he says. Poor father. You know, <laughs> he knows very well he is far from being even God with a small g. And his wife knows very well that he is no God. <laughs> Poor teacher, Acharya Devo Bhava. But there is another sense to it. Another sense is, O mother, be as God is a mother to us. O father, be as God is a father to us. O teacher, be as God is a teacher. Now, what, 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 how does God deal when he is a mother? He pours love and light and keeps on strengthening the beautiful parts in us. He never, she never judges. There is a very beautiful passage of the mother in uh, words of long ago, where he, she says that Divine Mother, she never judges, never condemns anyone. So what does she do? She pours her heart of heart of love. And I think that was the saving grace in the old creation. Heart of love, which 
mothers had. Now also they have. But because of the, as I said, the rational intellectual side is exhausting itself. Sometimes we are suffering from this civilizational disease, which is called lavophobia. Uh, no, lavemia, anemia, like from that. So it's diminished. The energies of the heart are diminished because there is too much emphasis on the analytical side. So we don't know how to love even our next door person, creation, children is a far cry. So we need to bring it out. And the best way to bring it out is to bring this heart in contact with the very source of love which is the divine. If we can do that then it is the simplest way. That's why the heart of a bhakta is always full of Maitri and Karuna because you know he is in contact with the source of divine love. But if not that we must at least learn to love truly anything and everyone whatever is in our house uh, from plant and people to everything. And this energy of love we should bring out and pour on to the children. Uh, unconditional without judging without condemning without putting them into negative role playing. Uh, and as a father how does the divine deal with us as a father? He has infinite patience. Never gives up. We give up. McDonald, KFC is right. Found their shops inside our vital. Very impatient. That's where we need to work upon. This is one of the difficulties of this age. Impatience. One of the big problems because everything is on fast forward mode. So we want everything. Even spiritual life. Oh, tell me a way. Tell me a process. Tell me a method. It doesn't work like that. Patience. So important. So patience when we deal with children. What about a teacher? Teacher tries. The divinest teacher tries all kinds of methods through real life experiences. He, he also never gives up. This way or that way or this way. If you observe in your own life, you will see how mother has tried so many ways to work upon us. And so also with the teacher. And then new methods will come, emerge. If we have genuine, uh, you know, the moment somebody says that, well, I don't know now what to do with this child. It's not a judgment on the child. It's a judgment on the teacher. Because uh, obviously, uh, it's my limitation that I don't know what is to be done to a child. Whereas if we are really sincere and seeking, the child will grow. And we have to understand that the method has to be appropriate to the age. It's an evolutionary journey. Each child is different, evolving in a different pace, different ways. So it re requires really a lot of plasticity in the mind. That's why sometimes books become a big problem. Systems, theories become a big challenge. Because they fix our mind into a formula. One of the first things we need to understand is there is no perfect formula for parenting or you know, teaching a child. Let it evolve. What is important is love and goodwill. If I have that, ways will evolve because the teacher is within. He will give us way and I have seen so many um, strange ways that, uh, that has helped uh, children. Um, sometimes something like, okay, the child should play a little more. And it has helped a lot because it was just nothing but restless energies. That's one of the things which is again uh, missing today is uh, so much focus on achievement and mental this thing that we miss out on that. This school, I think for there are two beautiful things about this school. 
one most important atmosphere of mother and shivabindu near the samadhi even if you do nothing even if people are horrible doesn't matter that itself helps and the second is an emphasis on physical education especially because you know the whole things are changing so uh, we have to you know have some space or some kind of program for that it is missing very much again this was there in old times because we uh, we had lot of time now that's a big challenge how to have time to play so there has to be probably schools have to gear up for that separately take out time because parents are not going to send and children are unlikely to go because once they are with the whatsapp who is going to go on to the real play it's virtual play which is important but all this is just a churning of the mind so we should not be uh, you know worried too much about it it's a phase finally i would say that you know maybe uh, a generation or two maybe like a kind of a wash out generation where nature is trying out ways and means <laughs> but the same children will return again and they will eventually get the evolutionary boost right now nature is uh, pulling off the scaffoldings and helping the inner intuition to emerge and uh, maybe children quite a few children may not be able to navigate because they are caught between two worlds and it's possible so don't don't not to be disheartened if you observe this it's okay uh, as i said in the beginning sometimes a whole generation has to go through uh, you know challenges and problem for which there is no real solution because uh, there is a solution which will emerge it's like there are people who have to keep a vigil through the night the day will emerge so we are going through one of those transitions a cusp and therefore there are no perfect ways but it's important always to keep referring because the perfection is in within and if the more we refer to what lies within us the more we will see that we will equip the children better and spontaneous ways and means will come out don't try to fit them into molds of the past they are broken the beautiful things of the past remain but the forms are broken even these forms that you know you must go do this prayer bow down all that is gone children sometimes say why should i god is within us wonderful <laughs> they are far ahead of us so all these methods and forms of the forms institutions of the old times are gone uh, can be rest assured that in coming times children will not get married as an institution it is gone they'll just live together reconcile to this fact and it's a nice thing which will happen because uh, especially for girls because they can choose to opt out when they feel stifled in a relationship right now they can't so all these are going to happen whether we like it or not uh, children are going to take up any any kind of work uh, not just respectable jobs because that idea of respectable job is also going away so they will take up a job which they feel happy about and allow them to pursue it it's perfectly fine uh, in a certain sense it's all okay nobody is a loser in this race everybody is a winner because everybody is moving forward so trust god and take the leap any questions yes please yes but i must say i have deliberately avoided any strict systems and ways 
because in the beginning I said that that's not not how it works. Yeah, please. So uh, it was uh, one of the things that you said made me uh, think of this question. Yes, please. Any question? So, uh, what if the children assumed that uh, uh, he wants to become something because of the conditioning around him? Suppose he wants to become a lawyer, and that's because his mom and dad has been telling that lawyer is really nice, he, it's a respectable job and this and that. And now he's conditioned and feels that that is what I want to become. He works very hard for it. And because of the competition, he doesn't get it. Because probably even though he assumes he wants to become, he is not meant for it probably. Absolutely. Something of that sort. So he starts something. So at that time, being a person who is really concerned or one of the guardians of the parent, how would we make the uh, child to stand in a position where it can realize its strength or the actual thing it wants to be? Yes. Um, question is on two levels. One is the parents. You must counsel the parents. It's important. But many times they don't listen. That's also true. Um, many parents who come to me for uh, child counseling, they want me to tell the child a set of things. <laughs> And they don't like when I tell them a set of things. <laughs> Just let him be free. It's okay. Uh, so it will need um, a very wide and generous heart. You see what the child is suffering from is a lack of self-esteem. Because the child feels now not accepted. Because what happened is he has been put into a paradigm. That's precisely what the challenge is. You must conform to this. And if you don't, you are not good. That's it. So what such a child needs is a very unconditional acceptance to start with. If he knows that well, you know, I am loved regardless of what I do. And it's, I understand it's not so easy. In, in, in an atmosphere like the ashram or Auroville, it's definitely easy because people have come like that. You know, all are the, uh, you know, dropout elements or... <laughs> Those are broken, okay, let me use a generous word. <laughs> because nowadays for ashram intake, you need to go to a psychiatrist. So I asked one, uh, one of the ladies, so I asked only one question, uh, are you normal? <laughs> so, uh, yes, yes, I have no problem. I say, okay, it's okay, I'm putting it. Only one lady had the courage to say that if I am normal, why would I be here? I said, this, you are the super fit, right person. So, you know, this, because obviously normal people pursue normal aims. Why would you pursue an unusual aim? So, in such force fields, it's alright. But I understand that outside, where they are being impinged from all kinds of social pressures, it's important to isolate the child from that environment. It's, it's important. Because poison is breathing all through. Unfortunately, we don't have any such places. But I do recommend sometimes that people should stay in Auroville for, for five months. At least let them, you know, breathe a fresh air. Ashram is different because ashram is a very intense place for uh, consecration and sadhana. So, uh, while there is this love and joy in the atmosphere, but Auroville is, is a wonderful place. So, they, as a practical means, and mother is created like that. So, let the child just stay for some time. Just meet people, interact with them. And there is a need for more and more such spaces to come up. But as far as oneself is concerned, just give that unconditional acceptance and love and you will see that the child himself will come up with 
you know after he has you have won the confidence will come up and say i have had a boy who said uh, eventually after few sessions uh, what i was doing i was not you you would take leave and come and stay and you know all parents wanting to similar situation and then you know you have to allow time to for him to undo a lot of stuff so we'll just go for a walk and all this so one day just you know i asked him by the way you know like uh, given a free choice no barriers no issues of money no parental pressure what would you like to do he said actually i would like to do modeling i said wow you are smart you can do modeling what's wrong with it i mean see it's it's perfectly fine it's a we put slots this work is good this work is not good it's okay to you start your journey any which way and another thing is that work why is work important work is not important to earn money or reach a position work is important to you know grow it's a it's a journey so you grow through work so any which work so anything that the child feels engaged with just let the child take up that work and you will see that the doors will open because what he is doing is he is not doing this and therefore not trying his hand at anything at all so what is happening now these energies are all locked inside but leave the wide field and say let him take up any work anything photography okay i love to do adventure sport do an adventure sport uh, go to gym whatever he feels like just type out something or just start writing creative ideas any which work does matter but work is important or washing utensils working in a hotel is fine so engage the child with some work which will uh, start letting his energies flow in some direction once the uh, the unlocking takes place then they will find a space if the unlocking doesn't take place then one is caught up in the formation that i must do this or i am no good so unlock the uh, the energies that's important so these are the few things yeah yes yes arsh means see you know we we are worried sometimes as uh, whose poem is it they to serve wait and watch you know life grows in many ways we have no clue and you see look at a bamboo it it uh, for many years it lies dormant in the ground whereas there are trees which shoot up very fast which is better krishna takes the bamboo for making his bansuri for long time if you take a bamboo you don't know what's happening inside whether actually it is growing or not growing so there can be long spaces when the child really doesn't know what he is doing of course by unconditional love let me be very clear it's not like pampering to the child's desires that's not unconditional love but an acceptance of the child that no matter what you do and who you are we love you it doesn't mean that you know i say okay beta what you want you want a car i am going to buy for you then you have a vijay malya in the making <laughs> certainly not desirable <laughs> yeah that's what is the benchmark of success and you know when he was for they bought him a mercedes car 
So obviously, ultimately, Mercedes car has make it make him go around the world full circle and knocking at the doors of the jail. So that's that's not love. Love is a very powerful vibration, which I'll tell you very simply uh, in practical terms. Love completely ignores all that is dark, ugly in another person, and always encourages, even if there is a small spot of light. It pours itself on that. Doesn't matter. Small thing. Every child has. Just encourage that. As to the rest, you can give your suggestion. Talk to a child. I'm not saying don't talk to the child or talk with reason and all that. Maybe the child say at the end of the day, I want to take sabbatical. A lot of children nowadays want one year, two years and experiment. It's okay. Fine. No one to take up a work. They don't want to take up a work. It's all right. They are discovering themselves. Then after a while, because see, nature will rebound. How long will you stay at home playing just you know video game? Because nature will pull you out of that state. You can't continue inertia for a long time. And again, I am saying this based on number of children I have seen um, going through this experience when they don't want to do anything, and suddenly after a while they get a flash. Now I know I want to do this. Actually, I mean, this I'm, I had this experience even by with my own son. So he was in ESP and he quit it. So he wanted to go to Australia and he was applying. I said, okay, you apply whatever. Then for five six months he was doing literally nothing, literally nothing. Just you know, enjoying watching uh, nice movies and <laughs> giving telling me all the details about you know what movies he's watching this that. Then eventually, one day he comes up with a bright idea that you know I want to connect things, and you know uh, suddenly his goals and everything started emerging. And now he's uh, so busy that you know he went to say hello. He, you will discover because there is a guidance in life. So sometimes you go through a phase, and you have to allow that phase. It's it's a space to grow, and it's perfectly fine. It's valid. We should not. So unconditional love means that not that okay. It doesn't matter. You know some. Parents say, "Don't do work. I have got lots of money. I'll no, certainly not. Uh, equally, not to push the child, but let him explore. So children understand. After all, he's a conscious. All children are human beings. You know, human beings are programmed to at some point reflect, to at some point bounce back. Let them take their time. It's perfectly fine. I've seen children three years, four years not doing anything." And parents were really in misery. <laughs> and at one point, I also wondered, you know, how much assurance to give every time? Abhi bhi kuch nahi kar raha hai. He said, "Karega, don't worry, karega. Kuch galat habit to nahi hai. He's you know not uh, he's not coming home drunk and you know all this. Even that children go through. I have had seen such things." Karega, chinta mat karo. Then you know eventually you know, ah, he was you know now he's so settled. They are very happy. I said, even then, it's a journey. <laughs> Sometimes you need to stop over, breathe, take rest, enjoy the you know life around, look back, look forward, prepare for the leap. It's fine. This comes with trust in the guidance behind life, behind all the anomalies. Yes. Uh, Dada, it's all about now uh, grown-up children. जो छोटे बच्चे रहते जस्ट मोर देन वन ईयर और टू ईयर्स लाइक दैट 
for them guidance is required or not if they are uh, like uh, if they are very naughty and not listening to you and uh, you they are required guidance or not uh, Okay, so uh, first of all, you know, it's a practical question. Uh, the two most uh, uh, beautiful characters in Indian mythologies are Krishna and Hanuman. Extremely naughty. Naughty children are hope of the future. It is the sadhu bachas which are very scary. Because <laughs> we don't know what they will really end up doing something. They are just run-of-the-mill kind of children, plenty, you know, nature has produced like that. So, naughty children means what? They have abundant vital energy and they need to just, you have to channelize it. Now, how do you channelize? They will tire you with the number of activities. Give them as many activities. At some point, you will reach the end of your limits. Ab aur kya isko? Yes, that's the challenge of the teacher. You have chosen a profession. <laughs> you can't say, I have reached the limit. Achha, ek aur activity kya Achha, isse bana, isse kar. That's what should be ideally. Give them lots of activities. Lots and lots and lots. And literally lots. And, uh, and if they are not listening to you, there, there is hope. Because that means they can really... And Mother has said this, by the way, that um, the words obstinacy. Obstinacy, which often is regarded as something negative. Children are saying, you know, no. Nahi sunenge. Jo aapne bula, nahi sunenge. She says it's the upward side of a divine quality. When they discover their goal, they will stick to it and not listen to the voices of the world. Just as they are not listening today. So obstinate children are wonderful children, you know. But yes, they tax us, no doubt about it, because they are different. So they don't listen. So what do we do? We grow up. We have to grow up to meet the challenge. So it's okay. So that's why school should be less and less structured. And I can tell you a time is going to come when all institutions, not only schools, whether it be home or whether it be even ashramas, they will be largely such wide and plastic structured that you'll almost feel that it doesn't exist. That's the future of mankind. It's already happening. People often ask in ashram, olden time mein aisa tha. Are you correct? But the mother knows best. So now even the ashram has become a very plastic structure, very wide. Many times you won't know this is an ashram inmate, it's not an ashram inmate. Isn't it? Some of us who have been staying here for some time will notice. Because it's uh, now moving towards a very high goal. So in the beginning you need to structure a little bit. That's the problem. So structure the child based on the interests of the child. You know, uh, not doing, sometimes very important to know what is not to be done. More important than doing as far as a teacher is concerned. Minimum of don'ts. Minimum of don'ts. I, again, I take this example from the mother's ways. You know, we are all children, students in this school called the ashram. And what did she write? Minimum of rules. Maximum of freedom. She went on to say, I'm, I don't like to use the word rules. I am against rules. Because people asked her, therefore she wrote, minimum of rules and maximum of freedom. But if you see the earlier note, she says, I am not in favor of rules. Because they thought growth. So allow the child. Sometimes children don't want to study in a class. Perfectly fine. 
just leave him a little free just watch somebody should be around that you know he doesn't do any harm to himself that's important to take care of the safety what is he doing he jumping around touching this tree touching that tree that's it of course he should not be allowed to disturb the others who want to you know learn but he has a right to remain in ignorance if he wants to remain in ignorance at this point of time this is very challenging but that's how mother has said she in fact she has used the word right to remain in ignorance <laughs> she says everybody has a right to remain in ignorance if they want to remain in ignorance and who knows that's needed for the child's growth it's requires very unconventional approach and it's only possible when schools uh, you know right now they are very fixed structures the school to which mother gave name in oroville one of the schools was the last school still people went on to open another school <laughs> didn't take a queue last school we should challenge everything including why do we need schools why can't there be a collective space in which that's how the ashram school started incidentally now it has become more like a formal structured school what was happening earlier children came now whether children they need to you know be engaged so they have to be engaged in an activity appropriate to them so if they wanted to learn french okay go there and learn french then they could go and play they could come you ask the children of those days how they have grown up then you had later on you know all this added and all this structure has come up now you have classes even courses almost short of giving a degree but um, these frameworks will again go away because they thwart your uh, progress so in a school you have to create that provide opportunities to grow spaces to grow allow creative freedom and be there as a kind of guide as god guides you know what god does most of the time he does nothing <laughs> but you know that he cares for you he intervenes when it's necessary when drop this food is over he suddenly comes from nowhere when she is in distress he is there so she knows kana is with me isn't it but he doesn't start telling you this don't play this game of dice you know you are going to lose and fool you will be 13 years banished you this has to learn his lesson that look you know uh, i have done a fatal mistake though he is a sattvic person that was the time yudhishthir evolved he did something which he should have never done to start with it's not his kingdom which he has put on hold all the great fellows sitting in that sabha were idiots how can you put your kingdom and your wife because your wife and your kingdom do not belong to you to start with fundamental thing so he allowed him to learn this through a painful lesson 13 years of banishment krishna who loved them how did he guide them this is how he guided them it's not suffering it's growth suffering is because our mind doesn't understand it's constantly growth for everyone it was a constant growth including for dropdi what did she discover in that whole suffering what has remained as the end point of the story you know uh, at the end what remains is that take home point you know if i ask uh, many children when they went they remember first day in school oh it was so horrible painful crying isn't it but later on they smile and say oh you know oh i used to cry like this what has remained is the joy of that experience so the ultimate mint of every experience is delight what is drop these take home point yes it was very humiliating experience what is the end point o thou who dwellest in my own heart isn't it 
Now that ultimate point she had to reach through an ultimate experience. Sometimes you need ultimate experience for that ultimate, uh, uh, you know, ultimate challenge for that ultimate experience. Well, that's how life is, creation is. Life and creation are for God's sake not moral. They are not immoral. They are not amoral either. Or we may use the word, they, there is a guidance which is working through everything to carry us upward. Suffering, pleasure and pain are momentary responses of our ignorance. And the divine allows us to go through it because, well, he knows at the end of it there is the growth. So we should focus on that growth and give maximum opportunities, a uh, lot of creative freedom and minimum of rules and structure. That's my ideal school and that's what I have understood from Mother and Shubindu. I don't know whether it exists anywhere or not. Probably it exists in the inner spaces of humanity and it will come up. Auroville is probably such a school. I don't know. Uh, I was very young. Uh, this may be a theoretical question. Uh, are the families who believe in God? Yes. Families who believe in God. Or, for example, follow Mother Shira Yes. And in their families, uh, you know, sometimes there is a dilemma uh, that, of course, the, on one hand, we you know that we cannot teach spirituality to anybody and not to this. Absolutely. There is always remains a desire in the mind that we should at least believe in God. So, I mean... Sometimes a non-belief is a faster way. Agnosticism is uh, a phase which uh, much of humanity has to go through. See, many of us, I am not saying about, of course, uh, your, I, I mean, I because I know you you are so deeply tuned to Mother and Shivinda, but I am saying there are families who believe in God, but in a very conventional way. And children must go through a phase, a phase of purifying atheism. You know, once in Patiala giving a talk, one child in 11th standard, she, asked, she told me after my talk, said, but uh, uncle, I have a problem. I said, yes, my child says, I don't believe in God. So I asked her, what kind of God you don't believe in? Said, a God who punishes. I said, exactly, we are on the same page. So what kind of God you believe in? Somebody who loves. I said, we are again on the same page. So actually, most of the time when children don't believe in God, it's a conception of God. So we need to ask them. They have a conception. Of, like here, I have seen children, since you mentioned about Mother and Shubindo, there are uh, children who have grown up here and they've been drummed into their heads that the mother was a strict authoritarian disciplinarian, which is very far from true. But they've grown up and they've revolted and reacted to this. And then, you know, it took time to undo that conditioning and bring out that mother is nothing but an embodiment of love and grace. So, who would not want love and grace? But this idea that there is a God whom we must worship, whom we must bow down and you know, who has some fixed set of standards and norms for us, who wants us to obey him and uh, if we don't do, we rot in hell. Of course, this is not there in Mother and Shri this, but many of these karma, karma theories, you rot in hell or you uh, lollipop in heaven, is absurd. Children don't want it, you know, because it's not true anyways. So, a phase of... Um, Purifying agnosticism and even atheism has its utility in the evolution of mankind and much of mankind is going through that. And it's perfectly fine if they don't believe in God as long as they believe in human goodness. And even if they don't believe in human goodness, as long as they believe that things can become better in progress, that's good enough. If they don't believe in progress, 
then one has to be little more careful any which way progress at any level that's a door which is open progress be it if you are doctor be a good doctor and it's fine each one is on face yes please uh, an extension to this yes uh, i mean there are people who believe in god and believe in doing things yes like uh, if i worship uh, god is going to be happy yeah Do this 7000 oh god puja my god yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so for them when we say that god is something very pleasant and you don't have to do something exactly see god is not amused by all these things mother said this in so many words do you think you make a divine being sit like this and do all this agarbatti and puja he'll be happy he loves to play See, uh, go back to our own mythology. Two great figure of gods, seemingly opposite. One is Shiva. What is Shiva's beauty? Easy to please. Another Krishna, another extreme. What is characteristic about him? The one thing we remember is play. He loves to play. Play with God. What is there? I mean, we are the ones who have created such a big distance. between us and god and what is worse is between us and god another fellow has come with a fat pot belly and uh, you know tilak on the forehead and a janeo in here and you know calls himself priest get rid of priests you don't need them he is here right here and play with him as a friend talk to him as a uh, i'll close uh, with one small story regarding this yeah uh, okay no this this is a story about a girl who was suffering from lot of you know depression for a long time 5 6 years but a very nice girl and you know she couldn't be friendly to anyone and you know nobody would befriend her and you know it's a big uh, challenge to oneself if nobody is friendly to you so uh, you know the session was literally few minutes very casually uh, so i just told her you know why don't you make uh, krishna your friend and she took it to heart she met me after few years and said you know that changed my life i talk to krishna i walk with krishna so beautiful so god is a friend and you can tell anything uh, to a friend isn't it you can share any which thing what did shri ramakrishna paramahansa tell to girish who was uh, drunkard and debauch and call it whatever and he said you know i like you but i can't do this uh, yoga business and all she shri ramakrishna said why he said i can't leave all these things he said who is asking you to leave what should i do you offer them to me and do it so after one week he said it is very difficult how can i drink offering the drink to you he said well you have a choice <laughs> you know divine loves to play and he is um, he is an infinity of love he doesn't mind whether we believe in him we don't believe in him we believe in this way that way he that's why he is love he just does his job and his job is to pour love and light and beauty and peace and harmony it's just we who turn ourselves away and close ourselves in a small little pettiness and miseries that's the only problem he doesn't care whether we go to temple or Uh, we read a holy book or not there is a aphorism of shirobindo by the way god what is it somebody may remember exactly i went to a holy place and was bored there 
God took me to a prison and made it his trysting ground. I went to a holy place. Isn't it? Holy places have become so boring. I don't know. I, I wonder what children like it still. I am more worried about children who like holy places like this. Going with those pandas, doing puja and all this. And How can they stand all this, uh, you know, utter nonsense? Either the reason is not developed or the soul is not awake. It only means that. Only, only when we are completely belonging to the herd that we can conform to such things. But children nowadays, they know how to connect. They don't use the word God and God doesn't care about it. Near-death experience of a uh, lady who had died and saw a being of light and she asked him this question. Uh, it's a real story. So she asked him, by the way, which religion is best? And the answer this being of light gave is that frankly I don't care. Love. That's all he looks for. And this is there in our scriptures, no? Duryodhan ke meva tyage saag bidurgar khaye shabri ke jhute ber usko grahan kiya sabri ka kya method? What was the method? She was eating and giving. Try doing it in a temple. In spite of all the Ramayana, they have not learned this. Isn't it? He loves us to be spontaneous, to be loving and just trust him and open to him. Doesn't matter any which way we are even. But at the same time, even if you don't believe in him, even if you were not to trust him and love him, know for sure that he loves you. Shobindu, in one of the shortest letters, he says, Remember that the mother loves you. Base your life on this one truth and everything will change. That's why he's God. All right. Uh, I mean, we could go on, but let's call it a day here. Thank you so much.